Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPNU. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smolman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you on the day after Adam Schefter first reported the huge news, Jim Harbaugh going to the Chargers, leaves Michigan, and rejoins the NFL, where he rejoins the NFL in terms of win percentage with the greatest win percentage of any active coach in the league. Everyone thinks about him in the Michigan days coming off of a championship, as you would expect. But, boy, was he good. Boy, was he good with the San Francisco 49ers. His defensive coordinator in San Francisco, by the way, was uh, Vic Fangio. Adam Schefter just reported, former Dolphins defensive coordinator Vic Fangio is traveling to Philadelphia this morning to officially sign the contract to become the Eagles' new defensive coordinator per league source. Eagles officially get their man. Before we get back into Harbaugh, CC, quick thought on this as kind of disastrous press conference yesterday with Sirianni. Oh, it was absolutely awful. But now results in this. I I don't think Nick Sirianni makes it through the trade deadline. I mean, I think it's hard for players to respect a head coach when he's clearly not the one that is pulling the strings in the organization. I mean, if the head coach is not leading the charge on the search for his coordinators, his, you know, de facto lieutenants, then what the hell are we doing? I mean, that's the part that um, seems a little bit curious from my perspective. If you're Howie Roseman and you're trying to get this team back to championship contention, the thing that you have to do is empower your leaders throughout the organization. And it doesn't feel like that's what's happening behind the scenes in Philly. Yeah, it feels like the head coach should be the through line for communication and that everyone should be pulling the rope the same way and that the messaging should be universal. But after that press conference yesterday, I don't know if Nick Sirianni's voice is louder or uh, rings truer than anybody else within the organization. And if I'm a player, that's confusing to me. And I don't think that's a good spot for the Eagles to be in. And we still got to see who the offensive coordinator is, right? I mean, Brian Johnson is out. He uh, saw reports that he's interviewing with the uh, Browns today for their uh, potential opening at the, or their opening at the offensive coordinator position. So we'll see who that offensive coordinator they interviewed is. Cliff Kingsbury for that job, right? Yeah. yeah. Does that get you excited if you're, if you're Philly? I mean, Cliff Kingsbury knows how to put together an offense. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Like nothing. He's had a quarterback in the NFL that had a similar skill set. Got to the playoffs in Arizona mm-hmm. with Kyler Murray. Like I mean, uh, there's something there now. I, I'm not going to sure. disparage what kind of offensive coach Cliff Kingsbury is. Maybe not a great head coach, yeah. but a really, really good offensive coach. Really, you can't take that from connection him. with I, Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Yeah, I'm just I don't put know. a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL too. By the mm-hmm. way, yeah, I, this whole Philly thing is very odd to me because of it is odd. All I mean, of the think guys about it. That are think about what we're talking about. The general manager is picking the coordinators for the head coach. Of course, it's odd. Of course, it doesn't make sense. That's dysfunction. That's not how it's supposed to play out. 
Well, we will get back to the Philadelphia conversation in a little bit, but obviously, as we mentioned, the big story is Jim Harbaugh is the new head coach of the L.A. Chargers, and nobody better to talk about that with than Sean Merriman, who was a great, great linebacker for the Chargers for a long period of time. Sean, let's start with this. Your initial reaction when it became official yesterday was what? I think it, for me it was it was more of a about time, right? Um, you know, I, I don't think we've seen anything like this as far as the process in the history of coaching hires. I mean, they they had everyone, including you know Chargers fans, non-Chargers fans, people hanging on to the into their seats, right, trying to figure out what's going to happen. Um, but everything about this hire, man, just made sense. Big dog, I, I I was somebody that was skeptical about Jim Harbaugh taking this job just because I didn't think that the Chargers would do what it took in order to get him from Michigan, give him the control that he's looking for, the compensation that he's looking for. But now that we're here, what's his first order of business in terms of getting this team back to a place where they can have sustained success? Well, I think the first thing you do is you look at the coaching staff, right, and who you want to bring in because there's going to be, uh, you know, a, a time where he's, it's going to be some house cleaning, Um because of how this team played, we know that they had talent, right? And I'm talking about on both sides of the ball. Outside of Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen and the, and the bigger names, this is a very talented team that missed the playoffs. So if you're, if you're looking at talent and, and, and guys who can actually play, you start looking at coaches and putting guys in the right position and did they or did not do that. And the, the answer is no, they didn't put those guys in the right position to go out and make plays last year. Once you do that, then you start to work your way down, right? Uh, you know, what guys want to be here? Look at the Raiders game, right? You're getting 60-plus points put on them. Which guys quit? Which guys don't want to be there anymore? So there's a there's a lot of house cleaning, I think, as the, the first day he walks in that building. Sean, I did want to ask you about Justin Herbert. Obviously, that was a very enticing piece of this puzzle for Jim Harbaugh to take the Chargers job. How good is Justin Herbert now, and how good do you think he can be? You know, the, the sky's the limit. I know we say that a lot, but – um, we, we all know what Justin Herbert can do. He, he's done it already, uh, not just the big flashy plays, but he shows grit and shows he can go out and get it done. Um, you know, we just talked about the coaches not putting guys in position to win last year. That's a lot of what happened. Uh, so, you know, Jim Harbaugh has been very public about what he feels about Justin Herbert. He's been very public about that. Uh, we know what Jim Harbaugh has done with quarterbacks in the past in, in his career and being able to come in and not only turn organizations around in a short period of time, but turn quarterbacks around and let me tell you he hasn't had anybody like Justin Herbert I don't think in the, in the history of him coaching um in both high school and in college and that's that's a very long time so right away he's coming in with with tools and his tools to, to go out and win football games is going to start with Justin Herbert Sean now that we have this pairing with Harbaugh and Justin Herbert one of the best coach quarterback tandems in the National Football League presumably what are the expectations for this Chargers team what constitutes success for this franchise? You know, first and foremost, you got to win a division because outside of talking about the Super Bowl or talking about postseason, anything else, the best team in football is in your division. So you got to go and take that from them. So, um, you know, the, the, I think that a lot of people, when they see a big name coach like a Jim Harbaugh, right, you want to come in, you start talking about Super Bowl. And that's just the wrong way of thinking. The right way of thinking is, hey, look, let's be the best team in our division first. And that starts with, beating this, you know, defending the Super Bowl champs. And if you start to look past that, then um, you, you're really setting yourself up for failure. So day one is how can we go out and, and win this the division and then how we go in and win postseason and then the Super Bowl. 
We're talking with Sean Merriman, three-time Pro Bowler, of course, most notably with the Chargers here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're going to ask him about his lights-out extreme fighting in just a little bit here. But you played for two teams, the Chargers and the Bills, and it's ironic because the quarterback you played with is compared to someone that is currently on the Bills. So Sean Merriman, better quarterback, Phillip Rivers or Josh Allen? Uh, You know, right right now I'm going to say Phil, and I'm just going off of longevity. Uh, I'm not, by any means, I'm not comparing the ability, right? Because we all know the field couldn't run. He couldn't get out the pocket. Um, and Josh Allen can do just that. So I'm not talking about ability. But I think we, we get caught up so much nowadays crowning guys uh, too early. Um, and I, I'm accused of doing this myself and crowning guys and, and their ability. And I think their ability and notoriety is going to come with longevity and what they do over the long period of time. But as of right now, you got to give it to Phil because he has such a long career. He has Hall of Fame numbers. Now, Josh Allen, if you want to make that comparison, um, ha- hasn't won yet, right? He wasn't. He hasn't won the big game. And if you want to make the comparison, it's, it's probably there. Uh, but I'm going to give it to Phil only because of the longevity. Sean, I want to go back to the Chargers for a second. I love this hire of Jim Harbaugh for so many reasons, but one of them is that I think he gives them a certain amount of juice and relevancy that they've been lacking. They're in L.A., and they feel like the second team there. They have Justin Herbert, a great quarterback, but we don't really talk about him that much. As somebody who was a great Charger for a long time, what is the identity of the Chargers, or what would you like to see it become? You, you, you hit it right on the head. They have no identity, and that's that's what's been missing. And I'm not talking about just in the offense side of the football. I'm talking about on the defense side of the football. What are you? Who are you? Um, you know, we look at a team like the Baltimore Ravens. You know exactly who they are. You know the physicality, the mentality that those guys carry, them finishing plays, swarming tackles. They have an identity over there, and the Chargers don't. And that was the biggest issue last year, and I went to every home game. I was there and watched every single from preseason to training camp on that these guys just lacked identity. Who are you when the fourth quarter comes? Who is your guys going to go out and make big plays, turnovers? Who are the vocal leaders? They didn't have a lot of that last year. And what happens on day one with Jim Harbaugh stepping in there, he, you have a leader. You have a vocal leader. you got an influencer, a motivator, somebody that's going to go in there and get after guys right away. And what happens is it trickles down. We're seeing it this year with Dan Campbell. It trickles down from top to bottom. They didn't have that last year. And day one, now they got it. Sean, I want to shift gears and go to conference championship game weekend. This Sunday, we got the matchups, Lions and the 49ers, Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. Can you tell me the quarterback from your perspective that has the most to gain with the win this weekend? Yeah, the quarterback, I'm, I'm going with Lamar. Um, you know, Lamar's gotten a lot of slack over the years and performing in the postseason and, 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 and really not being there. But the main part of why he's not been there is because of health. You know, health played a big, a big factor this time of the year for the last couple of years for Lamar Jackson. This, time, this is the first time he's walking into the playoffs healthy. And you can, you can tell not only by his play, but listen to his post-game conference. Listen to the conversations he's having now. He's not looking past anyone. And so when you got your leader, when you got your head guy, your top guy with this level of focusness, and everybody is looking at him and, and paying attention to what he's doing, it's resonating through that locker room. That's why these guys are winning. So, I mean, I'm going with Lamar Jackson quarterback-wise over the weekend. All right, tell us a little bit about Lights Out Extreme Fighting. What do you have going on? Obviously, you're involved in multiple businesses here, but Lights Out Extreme Fighting. Uh, Sean, tell us about yeah, this. Yeah, we got a huge event February 16th um, in Long Beach, California. You can get your tickets at lightsoutxf.com. Um, 
this this is our biggest card yet, man. We got we got a couple guys on this card uh, that will be heading to the UFC probably right after our fight. Matter of fact, UFC is the next day in Anaheim, which is only 20 minutes from us. And uh, I promise you, I didn't set that up. It's not a coincidence. But um, we got a, we got a couple guys from Lights Out Extreme fighting that will end up in the UFC. We'll be live on Fubo TV, Fubo Sports. If you guys don't have Fubo out there, make sure you get it. This one is our biggest card in the history of the company, man. So I can't wait for this one. It's a massive, uh, massive card for us. Sean, thanks so much for a few minutes. We appreciate all the insight, and best of luck with the uh, with the events coming up. You got it, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, there is Sean Merriman joining us here on ESPN Radio. That's an event, by the way. <laughs> you know, we've had the debate today. Greeny called a funeral an event. When you have lights out extreme fighting with with a an MMA event, a crowd, people buying tickets, that's an event. Funeral, not an event, Small. Sorry. I know you want to try to say it is. Not an event. It's a gathering of people. Mm-hmm. Now, if there's fighting at the funeral, is it an event then? Oh, there definitely has been fighting at funerals. That's I'm what I'm sure. saying. If there's I've fighting been to at one. the funeral. I've been to You've one. You've been to a funeral where Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I can't. Hint. Um, let's just say someone showed up to mourn the person who had passed away, and people were not aware that this person was connected to that person. Oh, I'm picking you up know what you're what putting I'm talking down. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Uh-huh. <laughs> Rolling Stone. Mm-hmm. We're on Sportsmanlike, <laughs> and so is that on ESPN Radio. Just saying, that's what happened. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Demon Time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and staff types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com morning code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy this is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. She did it again. I mean, I can't avoid it. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> We're Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, ESPN U, presented by Progressive Insurance. Alone, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen. Smalls told us before we started this show months mm-hmm. ago, she's very clumsy. We're yeah. like, ah, you're fine. Come on. She, you got to give her credit. Backs it up. She tripped on the way back into the studio. Yeah, but I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to be too hard on her. I got to give her some grace because she got to carry Bradshaw's on right now. That's the right. Manolo. So like, you. I, I'm, the like when you have those types of shoes on and they got wires all over the place, they're setting you up for failure. Thank you. Also, 
you can't see it on the television side. I will describe it for you. It's a very narrow entrance into the studio, and they have a, a weighted bag or something right in front of the camera. So that that's it what people have shift. called me. I'm surprised you actually don't trip on it more coming into the studio because it's a very small space. Well, I mean, depending on whether or not I can get workers' comp out of it, we'll see what ends up <laughs> happening. I mean, that's a, that's a, work, that's a trip hazard that's right true. there. Would you, say, would you say on average, Smalls, you have one clumsy moment a day? Is it that common? Minimum. Wow. One a day. Minimum. Okay. Well, she backed I mean, it you, up. You've worked with me for months now. Every day I hit my elbow or I trip or I have a black eye. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Day one, she did have a black eye. Um, all right. So the big news, obviously, Justin Herbert gets Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, I'm saying it that way, uh, to be the head coach. Now, when we're looking at next season, the on-the-clock rankings, and let's eliminate – Let's eliminate the four players that are playing this weekend, right? Because what's going to happen is if Lamar Jackson loses this weekend, everybody's going to say, hey, you got to hurry up. Got to win already. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy, same kind of thing. Like, hey, are you the guy, right? Goff, probably not as much. Mahomes, obviously, is one of the greats of all time. Is he, Justin Herbert, on the clock to have that first line of the resume more than anyone else, meaning an MVP or a Super Bowl? Or is Josh Allen above him? It hurts, has an appearance. Burrow has an appearance. Like, who needs next year more at the quarterback position than anyone else. I think Dak needs it more than the other two, right? Dak's trying to get paid. Ooh. Dak has the star on his helmet. There's a lot going on down there in Dallas. There's, There's a, a lot, lot going happening. on. I mean, D- Tad Prescott is coming out there and saying, yeah, if we could get him out of Dallas, he would. I mean, Terrence Parsons, Michael Parsons' brothers had some things to say. Of course, CeeDee Lamb mama popping off about Dak Prescott, and that's on the heels of the optics and, and C.D. Lamb being disgusted seemingly in the playoff game against the Green Bay Packers. Like, there is a lot going on in Dallas. And the thing that concerns me the most is that you don't have a head coach that is in a position where he can provide that leadership for the locker room, right? Mm-hmm. So this is going to have to be player-driven. And based on the commentary that's around Dak Prescott, it doesn't feel like he has the respect of his peers, so I don't know how that thing gets fixed in Dallas. And those comments that were made by everybody in the situation, those don't get walked back. So I don't know how they fix it. So you mean that even if the players came to Dak and said, I know what my family members said publicly, I hope we're cool, that's not how I feel, it's not something that could easily be brushed over? No, because those are conversations that you're having with your family members in private. That's what I thought, too. Just like, wanted to like y'all are pillow talking. Like I, th- th- That's the conversations that are being had. You're and, regurgitating and tr- and tr- it tr- And trust me, there have been fights that have happened in locker rooms in Dallas because of pillow talking. How do you know? Uh, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like That doesn't get easily fixed. But the, the thing that you would have to rely on in that situation is a strong authoritarian figure, and you don't have that in Dallas. And the thing that adds another degree of difficulty with the situation is that you got the owner telling you how he feels anytime somebody sticks a microphone in front of his face. But not this time. He hasn't said anything about all the family drama. Not this time. And that's where it gets interesting because if they, give me any other team. Pick a team right now in the league. Any team. Give me any team. The Chiefs. Chiefs. If it happened in Kansas City, we would not say, we need to hear from the Hunt family. But we, don't, we never hear from them, right? We always hear from Jerry Jones. But now we're not going to? There's no addressing of like all the drama that has been created with all the family members? Well, if you do try to address it, you do realize you have to negotiate with those same players this offseason, right? 
Well, something's got to give here. Like, this is bad. There's also, just Also, real quick, their season's over. If they were still playing, you better believe people would be asking about it, and he would have to make a statement about it. This may be a little bit reckless speculation, but I don't think so. Let me, let me throw it out this way. Two teams in the league right now that I am in my head anticipating a February, March, April, May, June, somewhere around there, report from Adam Schefter about here's what happened with Philly and Dallas at the end of the season. Like, in my head, I've played this out. Like, we're going to learn something at some point when maybe guys go to other teams and are willing to talk or guys are not re-signed or guys are negotiating when they have reason to speak. Like, what really happened here with those two teams? I just, I feel like there's a next shoe to drop. I just don't know when, where, why, and how with both of those franchises. I agree with you because there is always that retroactive storytelling of what we're experiencing in real time. And with Mike McCarthy, I could... Imagine how it would play out. The connectivity he had with Dak, the improvements that we've seen with Dak, Jerry wanting to run it back one more time with the group as currently constructed or as close to as currently constructed as he could. What I can't for the life of me figure out is what it's going to look like in Philly. What did Nick Sirianni say or what explanation did he give that was good enough for ownership in the front office to say, yep, we're going to run it back with him? Because what I heard coming out of the press conference certainly didn't instill confidence in me that it was going to turn around. So I don't know how they could have had that conversation that was so strong to them that they had the conviction to bring him back. So when we're looking at the quarterbacks on the clock... We, we quickly just got away from Justin Herbert, and we went right to oh, Dak no, Prescott. Her, her, Herbert's there, but so is Dak. Yeah. Dak's on the clock. I, I don't want to say this, and I don't feel this way, but you know who else is on the clock? Who? Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is on the clock. Like, like, like if we're looking at Jalen Hurts' body of work. Easier to point a finger than a thumb in that spot, though, because of who the coach is. No, I get you, but if we're looking at Jalen Hurts' body of work, is 2022 the norm, or is it the outlier? Let's look up his body uh, the, of work the, the, to make the, sure. I mean, when you start ta- when you start talking about the the, the productivity and the efficiency, mm-hmm. you know, the twenty twenty two season is the outlier. So I, I mean, I guess I, that's the part. Like Jalen, and he's got another contract because we're sitting here talking about Dak Prescott. We're sitting here talking the Jalen Hurts contract is a movable contract for the Philadelphia Eagles. You can trade that contract. So he's another guy that we got to keep a close eye on in terms of what does this upcoming season look like for him. And what's the organization's level of commitment to him? Because it's not like we haven't seen the Philadelphia Eagles pay a quarterback and then trade the guy shortly thereafter. Okay, so let's play this out for a second. Let's let's. I don't believe this about Jalen Hurts, but let's do the glass half empty Jalen Hurts approach. Um, he's never had a great regular season. Okay, that's number. He's, if we're taking this through the the lens of glass half empty, no. If twenty two touchdowns, six interceptions is considered a great regular season. I don't think you can with some of the quarterbacks we have. Like, Dak was better than that this year in terms of just the regular season. He had a great run, no question about it. He had a particularly bad regular season in terms of numbers, touch-on interception ratio this year. We believe that he's hurt. Well, well, here's the thing. With Jalen Hurts, you have to factor in the rushing touchdowns, too. Like, Lamar Jackson is going to win MVP, and he threw for 24 passing touchdowns? So 23 touchdowns, 15 rushing this year. I'm just saying, if we're only looking at glass half full. and No, No, empty. empty, Sorry, glass half empty, right? And correct me if I'm wrong, the general manager, Howie Roseman, wanted Carson Wentz. Yeah, they paid him and then they traded him. There is a glass half empty approach. I have thought about this. I'm just telling you, with the more power that Howie Roseman consolidates in Philadelphia and more speculation around Nick Sirianni's job security, 
It's only going to embolden him to make the decisions that he wants to make. And what I'm saying is Jalen Hurts is not safe. Even though you think he should because they just paid him. He's not safe. Yeah, well, um, would they like the eighth pick in the draft and Bill Belichick can go trade him with Atlanta and there's your quarterback? Just throwing that out there. I mean, um, I mean would Dak Prescott agree to waive his no-trade calls for the eighth? This is what I – Tennessee okay. Titans? Just, All right, you want to play reckless maybe speculation? Maybe getting out of there is good for him. I'm going to do the real reckless speculation. I have thought about this a lot. Could we have an NFL quarterback that is seemingly in a decent to good situation pull an NBA and ask out? Aaron Rodgers, in his mind, when he basically asked out, was not in a good situation. Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, we retroactively learned, not in a good situation either party. Could we have an NFL quarterback this offseason do the NBA and say, I want out? If there's anybody that could do it, it's Dak Prescott. He has a full no trade, and he has a no tag clause. And he has a $59.5 million cap number. Like Greeny was just talking about it on Grid Up. He has more leverage than any other player has ever had in NFL history. If Dak Prescott lets his intentions be known to the Dallas Cowboys, I am not resigning with you and I am going to walk away after this season, there is no question in my mind that they are going to be forced to have to move him. And guess what? The compensation that the team that they're trading him to they might not have to give up that much. Oh, my god! It could be a Brad Beal situation just because he has so much leverage under the circumstances. Let me just explain that because it's a great reference. For those who don't know, Bradley Beal basically, when he goes to the Phoenix Suns this year, the Wizards basically get nothing because he's got a no-trade clause and a bad contract, and the whole deal was just take him because we can't take him anywhere. We can't put him anywhere else. We just need to start over. And that's obviously what happened because you would never look back at what the Wizards got. Be like, oh, wow, what a great return for Bradley Beal. By the way, Wizards uh, fired their coach this morning in West Hansel <laughs> Jr. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Jim Harbaugh! Chargers, done deal, it's happening. We are on Sportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Joining us now, former NFL wide receiver Deshaun Jackson. 
Everybody knows him, of course, mostly from the Philadelphia Eagles. Had a great career after that as well. And he joins us now to talk about the NFL. Let's start with Philadelphia. That situation as is right now, Nick Sirianni as the head coach. Would you want to play there for that coach? Oh, man, Nick Sirianni's a great coach, man. Uh, we have a great relationship with that guy, man. He came in and did some great things uh, over the past few years with his record. And, uh, you know, I think last year was just a tough year towards the end of the season. I mean, they started on fire 10-1 and one and kind of just took it. They they, they kind of took off, man. So, uh, you know, for a Philadelphia Eagle fan and, you know, obviously had a great career there, man. It was disappointing to see them guys go out like that. But uh, I think moving forward, you know, got to get some – some better coaches in there to help out with the situation. I, mean, I think Jalen Jalen Hurts is obviously a great quarterback. He's a franchise quarterback and uh, you know, got some big time pieces to, to to put to the puzzle. But uh, you know, I just think it needs a kind of little a little rearrangement in, in, in the in the room, man. A few few guys need some uh, you know some help in there, man. Definitely. Well, Deshaun, I want to ask you about another quarterback, Lamar Jackson. You were with the Ravens in 2022. What sort of growth have you seen from Lamar from that point up until this point as he's entering the weekend playing in the AFC Championship game? And Lamar, Lamar, honestly, uh, for me, man, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks. Uh, honestly, growing growing up, I always was a big fan of, you know, uh, Michael Vick, right? And I, I think a lot of similarities in both of them guys. And, uh, you know, what Lamar has been able to do, he's been able to show everybody I'm not just a runner, I'm a passer as well, too. Todd Munkin coming in, the addition of Todd Munkin, and, you know, just kind of switching up a little bit. I think a lot of people are, are respecting Lamar as a as a winner. I know the stats were really not there as far as the passing yards and, you know, with people with the idea situation, people would want to see in a quarterback. But as far as management, managing the game and winning the game, I think he's playing lights out football and uh just to see his growth over the, the past year, man, is, is is exciting to see, and I'm I'm excited to see. I mean, I, I heard him say, you know, to, to be a champion, you got to beat the champion. So, I think this game right here sets the high standards for him. And uh, if they could go in there, you know, to the bank and beat Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, I mean, I think this this you get a lot more respect from uh, Lamar Jackson after this game. Deshaun, along that same rationale, if Lamar Jackson wins a Super Bowl, what does that do in terms of the perception of him uh, as a quarterback around the National Football League and, and, and you know, around, you know, NFL circles? I mean, I, I think it gives him a, a different respect. I mean, obviously, he, he's, you know, been in the league for five, six years now. So, I mean, you know, injuries has been a key factor for him. And I feel like, uh, you know, without the injuries, if he's able to be out on the field and, you know, putting the production on the field, I mean, the NFL is what have you done for me lately game. And, uh, you know, last year was unfortunate. He had a, a, a situation with his knee where, uh, you know, he couldn't really play through it. And, you know, a lot of guys was questioning him and, you know, saying, like, how tough is he? Or is he always injury, injury prone? But uh, I think this year he was able to really go out there. You know, he got the contract he deserved. And, you know, kind of put that behind him, and I think you're seeing what it can be. I think you're seeing a bright future. You're seeing a guy that can can do the great things, run the ball, protect the ball, um, you know, and obviously distribute the ball to individuals on the on the team. Zay Flowers came in, had, had a heck of a rookie season. I mean, the things he's able to do when the ball's in his hands, and they got the running game, the defense is playing out their mind. I mean, I, I think this team is obviously a team that's going to be here to stay. Uh, you know, hardball, doing a heck of a job, you know, just managing them guys. And I think they're just having fun. I think overall they're having fun. They're playing 
lights out football, and I think that's the most funnest you can get out of a team when they're playing that type of ball. Deshaun, a lot of the stuff you were just saying to describe Lamar reminded me of Brock Purdy. You're talking about how Lamar manages the game, how he distributes the ball. And obviously the two have completely different styles of play. But when those things are assigned to somebody like Brock Purdy, a lot of times we use it as a negative. And from a wide receiver's perspective, I would just love to know your assessment of Brock Purdy and what you think he's been able to do this year. Brock, Brock Purdy, I honestly, you know, I, I like his game. I think the expectations from the get-go, I mean, when, when you draft him a when fifth, sixth round, I don't think you have the expectations. You know, Trey Lance was drafted as the, the guy, you know, first-round pick, and, uh, you know, it's crazy. The success level Trey Lance never really received or he got or earned, and then you, you have a guy like Purdy that doesn't have the high expectations that, you know, when he comes in, he's just able to play – Without the pressure, you know, sometimes when you when you get these high draft picks and you get guys that didn't get that that draft pick that this higher, you don't you don't have the pressure, you know. And I think Purdy, you see that you see a guy that's coming in, he's hungry, he's confident, and he has the upskills to say, you know what, I was I was a guy that probably didn't go as higher or high as I wanted to, or you know, with the picks. But when you look at it, his his game style and the way he's able to have grit, the way he's able to, you know, sit in the pocket and take hits or distribute the ball. Like, I mean, them are the things you look at in the quarterback. I mean, I, I see a lot of similarities in a guy like Drew Brees, similar, you know, smaller, smaller frame, but, uh, you know, can't really, I wouldn't say can't see over the line, but, you know, he's he's the, the quarterback, not the idea, six four six five quarterback, but still he has the grit, he has the heart. And, uh, you know, Trent Williams is one of my great friends. You know, I play, play ball with him, and, you know, before – Brock Purdy was Brock Purdy. Trent was like, man, I'm telling you, this this guy is the guy. He's our guy. You'll you'll see it. He's able to, you know, stand in the huddle and really make make guys feel like, you know, I'm I'm the guy. You got you got to take over the huddle, and he's doing that. Deshaun, we you've seen uh, a lot of dysfunction around the National Football League. We talked about Nick Sirianni uh, a little bit earlier when you had you on, but also when we look at the Dallas Cowboys. And players talking, or players' families talking about other players on the team. And I'm just curious from your perspective, you know, being in the National Football League as long as you have, have you seen that level of dysfunction within any of the franchises that you've ever played for? And how do things like that get resolved? Yeah, yeah dysfunctional football, um, in my opinion, is is not the idea. Um, you know, in case you would like to have, obviously, professional football. I mean, in any sport, right? You know, you, you, you have a group of guys. Obviously, we was all raised, come from a different background. But, you know, when you come together, you come together as one. And, uh, you know, you got to put your personal vendettas to the side, um, you know, personal goals, stats, all that, you know, great to the side. Because at the end of the day, if one player is doing great and the team's not doing great, you, you know, you don't hear you don't hear that, that story where, oh, this one individual player had a heck of a year, but, you know, this team – you know, didn't really do as good. So I think a lot of egos kind of come in in sight sometimes, and guys kind of have to almost put themselves behind and and make it a team thing. And and when you do that individually, you might get you know some some great you know performances. But together as a team is better off than having an individual performance. If you get what I'm saying. So I think in, in the disguise of these things, guys kind of get caught up in the you know, worrying about their self too much is is me, 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 or I, 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 instead of like, what can I do to help the team? And uh, like the messy football, the messy, you know, you you know, the stories and all that stuff, getting out into the media, I mean, that doesn't help a team because, you know, a lot of that stuff, 
you're you're hearing about it when you when you go into to to work or to meetings it's like you know that stuff gets talked about and if and if a guy is selfish and you know he's not being a team guy you know guys don't really want to be around people like that so i think a lot of times when you see these teams you know be on fire and then out of nowhere they just start taking a, a huge downfall it's like you got to start looking internally and i think you know that type of stuff is what happens Deshaun, we can't like let you get out of here, excuse me, without asking you of about the big news of the day. Jim Harbaugh to the L.A. Chargers. He's going to be the new head coach there. Justin Herbert and Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh's had a lot of success in his career. The Chargers, not so much. So what are your expectations for the Chargers now that they nabbed their new, ho- their new head coach, excuse me, and Jim Harbaugh? Jim, Jim Harbaugh, um, you know, I think his track record speaks for itself. Um, what he's able to been you know what what he's able to create everywhere he touched I, I you know you can you can go back from you know San Diego State to when he when, when he first was at Stanford and uh you know obviously leaving Stanford and going to San Francisco and you know after San Francisco I mean three three uh with NFC championships to a Super Bowl had Colin Kaepernick um you know I just think his insight on football I mean he's a football savvy guy and uh you know he has a winning culture um, I think he'll be, you know, starting day one. I think he'll be one of the winningest coaches, um, you know, in the NFL, obviously, because of his track record when he was at San Francisco. So I'm excited to see Justin Herbert as a, one of the top quarterbacks in the league right now as far as, you know, young guys that was drafted within the past few years. So, uh, you know, I had a chance to play versus Herbert in the game when, when I was for the uh, playing for the Raiders. And, I mean, the things I was able to see this young guy do, the throws, the toughness, I mean, him him able to scramble. And, you know, he has a lot of playmakers around him as well, too. And, you know, I know injuries played a part last year. Um, you know, Keenan Allen, obviously, great player as well, too. So I'm excited to see what they're going to do. I think the Chargers have a lot of upside. I know they haven't been able to, to capture that the past few years, but I think they're, they'll definitely – make a spark. I don't know if they're going to be able to handle my boy Antonio Pierce and the Raiders, though. <laughs> well, they have a heck of a division, that's for sure. AP and Andy Reid and Sean Payton all in that division coaching against Jim Harbaugh. Deshaun Jackson, three-time Pro Bowler. We appreciate the time. Thank you. All right. Thank you, man. Y'all have a great one. All right. Uh, we have our Canty's Best Bet coming up, plus the unsportsmanlike moment of the day. But first, we have this from Vivid Seats with CC. Check off that New Year's bucket list with tickets from Vivid Seeds. Your home for every tackle, every slap shot, and every dunk. Vivid Seeds celebrates fandom with unbeatable rewards like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. And with Vivid Seats rewards, you earn with every purchase. From tip-off to the final buzzer, Vivid Seeds has a great selection on great prices on all the 2024 games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. 
Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Survived a terrible, terrible moment in our history. The most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. That was terrible. Was not a great look. Well, there's a chance we may not be able to include Canny's best pet as part of the unsportsmanlike moments, along with Michelle Smolin, Chris Canny, Evan Cohen. He's been winning. He's been throwing this. We may have to move where we do this because the whole purpose of this is unsportsmanlike, something weird, something different, something quirky that's losing. Well, You've been winning. Well, well, hold on now. I actually like the having the best bet in the last segment because this is the last chance that we're going to get to tell our listeners how they can make some coin. All right, but it's, yeah, it so, really yeah. works when you are uh, losing a lot. Yeah, but I mean, the lasting impression, if I if I help you make some money, you feel better about the show. All right. That's All right. right. We, so. we send you off with a laugh and a chance to make some money. Exactly. All right, what do we got today? Exactly. So the best bet, we're going to go back to the association. Again, we've already had two in a row. We're trying to make a third one. Okay. So tonight... We got the Sixers on the road against the Pacers. Joel Embiid is the hottest player in all of basketball. So, of course, we got to have a bet with Embiid involved. So, we're going to go Joel Embiid over 48.5 total points and rebounds. I'd be stunned if you lose that. The Pacers give up a ton of points. They score a ton of points. No doubt. I'd be stunned if you lose that No doubt. So, then, of course, we got to rope in your Miami Heat, Ev. Boston Celtics on the road down in Miami. South Beach is undefeated, but Drew Holiday is very workmanlike in his approach. So I'm going to go Drew Holiday over four and a half rebounds. Sneaky big rebounder, Drew Holiday. No issue with that. Then we're going to go with the matchup in the tri-state area tonight. The Minnesota Timberwolves on the road against the Brooklyn Nets. Carl Anthony Towns, and I don't like betting on Carl Anthony Towns to do anything, but I will take this one. Carl Anthony Towns over one and a half made three-pointers. Carl Anthony Towns. He said he's the best shooting o- big of all over time. Over one and a half three-pointers against the Brooklyn Nets tonight. So, again, the bet is Embiid over 48 and a half total points and rebounds. Drew Holiday over four and a half rebounds. Carl Anthony Towns over one and a half made threes. That three-leg parlay pays out at plus 253. Smells like a winner. There we go. I'm just looking at one thing. Okay, yeah, so they've played since then. Because uh, in old school, in the old school NBA and basketball world, if a coach is mad at you, he benches you the next game. Remember, Chris Finch, the coach of the Timberwolves, was mad that uh, Towns was chasing points. Selfish basketball. Yeah, yeah. but this is not the next game. So there no, was it's a game. not. No, I no, guess no. I missed the Timberwolves-Wizards no, and he game. Made, and he on made, me. And he made two threes. <laughs> yeah, on me yeah. on that one. I know, that was a part of the play last time. Yeah. Um, and then Wizards fired their coach, uh, Wes Ansel Jr., and um, Brian Keefe was named their interim head coach per Woj this morning. Not familiar with his work. No, I thought he was, um, got to be honest, I thought he was Adam Keefe, which is not the same person. Okay, anyway. Um, Sorry to that man. Well, when you think about Keefe in the NBA, you think about Adam Keefe. Isn't everyone thinking that way? Anyway, unsportsmanlike moments of the day, something fun, different, weird, whatever it may be. So, you know, the Bucks fired Adrian Griffin, right? That was crazy. 43 games in, they're hiring Doc Rivers, but like we don't see things like that. So the Milwaukee Bucks put out on their social media yesterday before the game um, the entire team dancing. I, I, you've never seen a basketball team, and not only dancing, in a choreographed – how do you do, what's the name of this dance? Well, they're in sync for sure. Hey, hey. Um, so they are in sync. They're doing the bye-bye-bye basically is what they're – I mean, it is 
it is remarkable how choreographed and how happy that team is. And I'm sorry, I can't take that as anything but we are freed from a guy that we didn't want to be here anymore. I mean, how can I? I mean, if this you're Adrian is, Griffin, you got to be real salty. You got to be uh, real yeah. salty. Yeah, I'm like, really? But, really? If you, but if you're the Bucks, I mean, you doing all of that, y'all better win a damn championship. Y'all would have been. They, the organization got rid of Coach Bud this offseason. They got rid of Adrian Griffin a few months into the job. Like now they got Doc Rivers. I mean, how many coaches are the Bucks going to play? Going to pay before this team gets another title? Well, at least three because that's what they're doing but, right but, now. But that's what, but that's what I'm yeah. saying. So y'all better damn well go out there and win a championship. But that, y'all doing all that dancing? That that <laughs> dance. all in the videos, <laughs> in the shiny suits, all in the press conference. Dancing. Come to death row, baby. <laughs> I shouldn't be the one saying that. Anyway, um, what you saw there is the definition of interim coach bump because the interim coach bump concept is basically we're excited to not play for the other guy. And that's what you saw. That was the Raiders about after Josh McDaniels got fired was that Bucks dance that we just watched and talked about here on Unsportsmanlike. Can we really call it the interim coach bump against a team in Cleveland that they beat by 40 earlier in the regular season? Probably well, not. The Cavs have been great recently, so yes, I can in that, in that specific moment. All right, so we've got that. Now, part of this story is that Doc Rivers is taking over. Well, where was Doc Rivers before that? With us at ESPN. He was with Mike Breen. He was with Doris Burke. They had their first game post-Doc last night. And here's how the two... Is Doris in the Hall of Fame? If not, she should be. But I'm going to call them. The two Hall of Famers handled it. And good evening, everyone. Along with Doris Burke, Mike Breen on hand, Cassidy Hubbard with us as well. First order of business is who's available tonight. For Dallas, Kyrie Irving is out. For Phoenix, Eric Gordon is out. For ABC ESPN, Doc Rivers is out. (laughs) Our dear friend has decided that life as an NBA broadcaster is way too stressful, so he's decided to opt for a less stressful job, an NBA head coach on a team that's trying to win a championship. We thank him for all his many years of service. Mike Breen is just so unbelievable. What a perfect line well they right there we didn't get the best part what i thought was we thank him for his many weeks of service many weeks, <laughs> many of, weeks service. of service That's outstanding no, that no. is outstanding no no you said jump in. Small said the best line was still to come. What is this an unsportsmanlike moment what nuno just i did just here? thought that was funny by no, no. i mean just saying go ahead no Susie. i just i i feel like it's unsportsmanlike to think that doc rivers is gonna put this team over the top Maybe it's just maybe it's just me, but I mean, first of all, I will say this: nobody is better at getting good jobs than Doc Rivers. Nobody. I mean, you got the Clippers job with Hall of Famers. You got the Sixers job with two Hall of Famers and Embiid and, and James Harden. Like no, but now you got Damian yeah, Lillard, Grant Hill, and Tracy McGrady in Orlando. Yeah, now you got Giannis and, and Dame Lillard. Uh, Doc Rivers gets some damn good job. Whoever his agent is, he need to be in the Hall of Fame. Like that is outstanding. <laughs> so, but to think that Doc Rivers is going to put this team over the top, I'm just I don't see it. Nobody has the multi-team best of team like Phil Jackson would because you'd have Michael and Kobe and Shaq, et cetera. Doc Rivers may be underneath Number that, two. right? Number of two. like a guy who coached multiple teams and then you combine them into one roster. Doc Rivers, like does Kawhi start on that team and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer? That's a ridiculous team. By the way, last, last thing is Javon Holland of the Dolphins, when Vic Fangio um, left, he put something out on Instagram with him literally kicking rocks. <laughs> <laughs> like a literal like drop kick of rocks in relation to Vic Fangio. Well, does that, that say more foot. about Javon Holland or Vic Fangio? 
We'll find out this year. Vic Fangio is a good defensive coach. I'm just uh, saying. Greeny yeah. coming up next. We are on to Friday. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hey, hey. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.